pick a specific one. 35. We had a big party here. That was a pretty good one too. I'm going to say 35 or 3. <laughs> what about you? Well, on my 35th birthday, I climbed Machu Picchu. Oh, that's right. On my 30th birthday, I went to Taiwan. I went to my 30th country on my 30th birthday. Oh, that's pretty sweet. That was fun. I remember uh, Bullwinkles when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. I don't remember if I went to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, but I do remember going for a child's birthday party as an adult. That's weird. Why are you going to kids' birthdays parties? It was uh, like the family of a friend. Okay. Okay. You're probably still on a watch list of some sort. No, I'm not. Did people assault the mouse? No. People always assault the mouse. Wow. People that are in uh, costumes, I think, get a lot of abuse. Yes, absolutely. I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen someone throw chili peppers into Chuck E. Cheese's mouth eyes. What? Yeah. Like a shaker, like pizza chili peppers? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awful. Poor Chuck It probably never got through because it's like a mesh. I don't know. Well, you know what I do now? What? That we are ready for another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Entertainment Randawa. <laughs> because do you know what Chuck E. Cheese's middle name is? Entertainment. Entertainment. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Huh. Wait, isn't there a big backstory to Chuck E. Cheese that's weird? His backstory is that he's an orphan who never knew his own birthday, so celebrates it always with everyone. Huh. Which is sad and sweet, but sad. But very sad. Unnecessarily sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were introducing uh, the podcast. <laughs> and with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha Cheese Randella. <laughs> that's that's an adequate name. For yeah, me. you're you're 30% cheese. Okay, more like 40% cheese. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. Somewhere in 30 to 40% cheese range. Did I say the name of the podcast? Nope. Oh, it's I Love This, You Should Too. A podcast. A podcast. <laughs> so how it works, we take turns bringing something that the other wouldn't like, will probably hate. Uh, it's a little heavier this week because I think that's my, where we might be going. Yeah. Because last week, I brought forth a movie called Billy Madison. <laughs> a bit of a departure of the things that I've been getting Samantha to watch, but... I thought that we could discuss it in a very similar way that I discuss all the movies that we talk about here. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But before we do that, Sam, what what's your reaction to Billy Madison? Um, it was uh, it was a movie that we watched. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was okay. That's it. You know. No, this part was great. No, this part was terrible. It had its moments. I um, enjoyed the going to school montage. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all the parties that he threw. He had some good like one-liners. I don't understand how the teacher fell for him. No, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's just like one day she hates him and the next day she's like, oh, he's the best. No, it was like 10 minutes later in the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get that. That was very confusing to me. And we just watched it again while we were eating dinner. And I feel like it still made no sense. <laughs> no, that does not. Um, I think that could be down to production and lazy writing. And maybe it's intentional. Mm. Because maybe this movie is 
actually an over-the-top satire of similar movies, many of which Adam Sandler would later go on to star in. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I thought like all the characters in this were pretty funny. Um, I liked how um, Bradley Whitford was like an evil genius. I enjoyed aspects of this movie for sure. That is way more positive than I was expecting. And we never got to the point on this podcast where we would argue. That's what I really <laughs> want to do is I want to vehemently make a point right. and sway you. Mm-hmm. But you're always like, yeah, okay. And then I make a point. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> You're very easy to convince, actually. Yeah. See? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to get into this movie. Oh, but wait. You loved this movie once. Do you still love it? I don't have a short answer. Okay. Do I think this movie is valuable? Yes, very much I do. And I will defend the much of the comedy in it. And over the next three hours. Oh, my God. (laughs) eh, Let's say 50 minutes. Yeah. About there, usually. That's about what I got. Over the next little while, I'll explain why I think some parts of it are actually really clever, maybe Mm -hmm. more so than we think, and how some parts are dumb, but just dumb enough to be really funny, Mm -hmm. and how some parts are just kind of dumb, too dumb to be funny. True. Yep. There's a bit of that, too. Yeah. All three are very valid. So I think I am going to annoy everyone who would possibly find this podcast because you're finding it either i feel like you're in one of three camps you're either in billy madison and adam sandler are great and everyone likes to look into things it's just funny guys just enjoy the movie (laughs) so i'm gonna say yeah it is funny but i'm not gonna just enjoy the movie i'm gonna (laughs) fucking dissect all of it excellent and then there's people who are like this is garbage and it has no value and i'm gonna say no that's not true either because there's definite value in here And I think a lot of people are of the mindset of if you like one Sandler thing, you must like them all because it's all the same. And people who are both pro and anti Sandler are on that. And I'm like, no, not at all. (laughs) He has very distinct levels and a a great variety of levels in the quality of his movies because there's a lot of straight garbage. (laughs) And this one is so early on. Like it was the first big one Mm -hmm. that he did. It's so raw and so, in the best way, unprofessionally made. Yeah. It's it's nonsense for a great portion of it. But I think that is the charm. And that is a charm he was not able to tap into later in his career because right. he has big proper production values behind everything. And the scripts make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But they're still nonsensical. But there's less... Um, mayhem less right. straight nonsense like this movie has mayhem and whimsy yeah this has this has a lot of uh, maniacal whimsy to yeah it, and i kind of love that so i think there's three kind of themes i want to talk about well we, okay. we can categorize everything first things that work that i just think are funny mm-hmm. and i think there's some of that i do think the things that maybe don't work some of it is in service of a, a greater satirical element perhaps Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people will disagree with me that there's any sort of satire in this movie that there's that much forethought into it (laughs) but i i think there is and i think i can make a somewhat compelling argument and then we should probably just talk about some bits 
Yeah. Which is like yeah. some funny bits because there's a lot of just funny bits. Absolutely. But I don't want to make this whole podcast us just quoting things right. back and forth. No quotes. Well, maybe a couple of quotes. <laughs> no quotes till the end. Sure. Okay. So what worked for you? What was just funny? Um, I really liked their like cook or like housekeeper. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed her. Juanita. Juanita. I enjoyed um, her lines about like hitting on Billy. And um, I think Billy being like, why would you say that? Like, it's just like really confused mm-hmm. because he's usually the one who's saying like nonsense. And then when he really stops to think about it, like when he's in the kitchen, and she's packing his lunch for school. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and like walks away. There's no real consistency or logic to the comedy and w- how it is derived. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would make a very similar argument for something I don't like. There's no consistency. There's no logic. But because it's comedy being derived from so many bizarre places, it kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Because you're like, anything could happen in this movie. It is very true. so bizarre. And uh, many points... It becomes just straight absurdist comedy, mm-hmm. and I, I like absurdism. Yeah. Um, I also liked the O'Doyles right. throughout the years, that or like throughout the grades that he's graduating through. There's a different like O'Doyle every like two years or something, and you get to see what the little kid at the beginning is going to grow up into because his older brother is in like 12th grade or something. And so I thought that was really funny. And I f- of course, he, he won't grow up. No. Because he's dead. Yeah. And then the uh, banana peel, just like being shown every so often. That's an road. interesting way to show the passage of time, just yeah. the decomposition of this banana peel. And that's, I think, kind of clever that they're... Both using it for that, and then so many throwaway things have a payoff an hour later, mm-hmm. and in a very bizarre way a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. What did you find funny? Well, I think before we even get into specific bits, I appreciate that Sandler is willing to look bad. Yes. When you watch a similar comedy now, even if it's someone who's supposed to be like this um, arrested development man-child, which we see in a lot mm-hmm. of movies and a lot of TV shows, they still have to be like hot. Right. And they're not, a lot of comedians are not willing to look bad. They're like, no, I'm the cool guy, but first I'm I'm a lovable loser, but you still look great. You're still fucking yeah, Ryan Gosling or whatever. It's one of those ones where they like take off your glasses and ruffle your hair a bit and yeah. you're like the sexiest man on earth. Yeah. And now you, then they have some sort of change towards the end, but yeah. they never really look bad. Right. Sandler is willing to just be like a complete idiot yeah. in a... And I know a lot of those movies are complete idiots, but not to this extent. Like, you worry about this person. Yeah. And you don't like him. No. I He is unlikable, which I think is uh, important later on. <laughs> okay. I agree with that. I think um, him being so wild and crazy stops you from, like, loving him, I guess. And then you're like questioning everything that he's doing instead of being like oh well you know how he is right right but let's put a pin in that Mm -hmm. because i think 
you were uh, encroaching onto that whole satirical thing that I think is actually happening here. I also appreciated just the general childlike nature of Billy. Yeah. And in a lot of movies, they're like, yeah, he's childlike, he's childish. But it's never this far. Mm -hmm. Because I think so much of the movie is actually how a child would see the world. Yeah. Because he kind of has the mental capacity of a six, seven-year-old mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I liked that by the end of the movie, he was less childlike. Like, he still definitely has that childlikeness to him. And he probably always will. But he seems more, like, aware of the world and where he kind of fits in it. Yeah, and- they try to make him a, a human by the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked that. I liked that there was some growth, even if this movie is kind of (laughs) dumb. Kind of real dumb. (laughs) And I like the elements of this childlike world. Like, you remember the clown? Mm -hmm. So there's a clown, and then that's one level of funny. And then he falls, and you think, oh, that's the joke. But then there is that extra level of a shot of him bleeding and unconscious. Yeah. And that's kind of like there's this uh, comedy coming from the childlike world where they're laughing like, oh, it's a clown and everything's funny. And then the dissonance of our adult world encroaching and our adult world with our real ramifications. And you're like, oh, shit, is that clown dead? Yeah. And that's kind of a perfect example of the comedy of the movie because you get one level of like hey there's a clown on stilts that's funny then you get what would be a typical movie like this of Uh he fell down and everyone laughs yeah and a lot of movies would leave it there but the fact that he then bleeds and we believe he he's dead yeah and nobody cares that is this bizarre third level of comedy that this movie often lives in and then it goes so far that he then comes back to life and sings a song. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about Billy Madison. Hmm. It takes the comedy that you would see in another movie like this and then pushes it two levels further. Right. Whether or not that's successful, that's a, a matter of, of opinion. But I love that this movie just pushes everything. And it's not like, oh, it's pushing the boundaries. It's edgy. It just pushes the boundaries of what reality is. Mm-hmm. It's just trying all sorts of stuff. Some of it lands, some of it doesn't, but they're just going for it. And they're not letting anything rest on what I think a lot of other movies like this are. When we, We'll talk about some of those types of movies, but this is a plot that we see a lot. There's uh, a man-child with the rest of development, and he is a slacker or unemployed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he, for some reason, is going to have to prove himself. He has a setback, usually has a love interest who then gets him over the hump. And then he proves like, hey, look, I'm a real person now. I'm a real adult. The end. We see that movie a lot. But this movie takes everything and just pushes it an extra level. Mm-hmm. And it's that absurd comedy that I think that I love about this the most. Yeah, it definitely pushes it to the next level. And then there's some things that still kind of play. Like Miss Vaughn. What's Miss Vaughn's first name? We'll just say Miss Vaughn. Veronica. Veronica Vaughn. Right. So hot. Want to touch the hiney. I remember that. Yeah. Veronica's character would play in a movie now. Yeah. Having someone who is like just a strong woman who calls him out on a shit. A lot of her motivations and reactions to him don't make any sense. True. Mm-hmm. But her character would be at place in a movie 30 years later now. 
Oh, absolutely. And she's having like, yeah, like a, a real world reaction to someone like Billy. And that's something I love yeah. too, that there are real world reactions to him. There are people who are like, what the fuck? Why don't any of you see this as ridiculous? Yeah, absolutely. And I think she, I really liked her character until she decided to fall in love with Billy. Yeah. Um, because she was like the one person other than like the villain guy who is like, this guy's an idiot. Like, mm. I don't understand why we're doing this for him. I don't understand what he expects to get out of this. And like, it's just really dumb and I don't want to be a part of it, but I have to be a part of it. Why do you think she does? Why does she what? Fall in love with him. I don't know. Do you think she's just a pedophile? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Because then she's like, well, he has the mind of a child, but the body of an adult, so I won't go to jail. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a creepy turn. Yeah, well, this movie's creepy a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I don't understand why she goes for him. But when you say it's like satirical, like other making fun of other movies, I think that makes a lot more sense. Let's not get into it yet. Okay. Or should we? Just before we do, one other thing I think works and would work in a movie today is this idea of Steve Buscemi being this bullied kid that he apologizes to. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a little ahead of its time, too. I liked that. And how then he comes and like saves him at the end. Which makes no sense. No sense at all. Why was he there? Why yeah. would he know that he needed help? Oh, yeah, I guess he was just in the building to shoot someone else at the time and yeah. helped out Billy. Yeah, that's uh, another weird thing. But I I liked that little moment of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he does like learn a few like legitimate lessons throughout this. There are actually, we did uh, Mean Girls last. There are actually some parallels mm-hmm. between this and Mean Girls. Quite a few. I was very surprised to notice. <laughs> So let's get into how ridiculous it is and how uh, over the top so much of it is that I believe it starts getting into the realm of satire. And I think that's part of why I like it so much. So we were talking in the pre-episode about in the 80s and 90s and still today, but since this came out in 95, I want to say, around then. A lot of the things that were coming out at the time, this is the time of um, Ace Ventura, of Problem Child, of My Cousin Vinny and Mrs. Doubtfire, where you get a character who is a, a man-child of, in some way. And it is that, that plot that we already talked about, that they're going to be placed in a position where they're a lovable underdog and they have this comedic persona and they're going to triumph over their enemies who are usually um, rich and Mm -hmm. smug and they're the new boyfriend. They're the stepdad. Right. And they're probably fine guys, but you know what? They're not fun loving like this main character. So we hate them. The tone is light and there is going to be some heartstring tugging towards the end when they learn their lesson or impart a lesson on somebody else. And there's probably going to be some like slapsticky humor. Mm-hmm. People are going to fall down. People are going to put pies on their faces. And Robin Williams and Jim Carrey are going to mug to the camera. Yeah. And everyone's going to have a good time. And Adam Sandler, I think, after this, goes on to be the 
person to make of those that, movies. Yeah, of that genre, yeah. He makes them more than anyone. But this one, I think, is so much further than any of those movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pointing at how ridiculous all that is, I would argue. <laughs> and it's a shame that later stuff that he did didn't have that sort of um, self-awareness that I think this one does. I think some stuff does, perhaps. But in this, his man-child is literally that, right? It's not like, just literally like, a child. Yeah, he has... He has diminished mental capacity yes. due to one reason or another. And I think that's why this is is better. Like, he's definitely terrible before. He's a terrible human being. And then he learns his lesson. Is he a good person at the end? No, not no, really. No, he's not. He's better, sure. Mm-hmm. But how we read this could be uh, a few different ways. It could be that this is a satire to show that nobody ever really changes in this in those movies, mm-hmm. and this is no different. You like this person because we put him in this spot. People like him for no abilities that he has or anything he has done, just because he is the lead of the movie. That's why we like him. Right. It could be that. It could be a commentary on how little is expected out of rich white men who have inherited money from someone else. Right. Just do whatever. Like your dad's buying your way through school already. So they are directly commenting on that. It's not just me and my, um, what is it that I have? A woke liberal liberal agenda. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just that. They comment on it in this movie. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I paid people to give you good enough grades. Starting in grade one. Yeah. So there is that in it. So if this is a commentary on how little is expected of that part of the world, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it works as that. Yeah. Or if this is just a reflection of the reality that we all live in, they're saying like, yeah, this is how it is. If you are a rich billionaire man, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And you will succeed in the end. It doesn't matter. And people will still like you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he has that, like, classic, like, rich person group of friends. Those two guys who are, like, they're, like, hangers-on, basically. And they're, like, they're for the lifestyle Billy can give them. And they're, like, better formed than Billy, for sure. Like, mentally, at least. But they get, like, an easy life by being with Billy. So I guess I have to um, support my theory with examples now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. There's there's not a lot of comedies that satirize comedy. Yeah. Right? You satirize something serious and you make it funny. Yeah. Like, I, all my references are so dated. I thought of <laughs> like Hot Shots. But that's, uh, What's Hot Shots? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or Naked Gun or The Man He Knew Too Little. But those are all old. But this is kind of a one of those, I think, because I think it is a parody of those other movies we were uh, just talking about. And uh, most of all, that idea uh, that someone is the hero of the story and they deserve everything and their enemies deserve like 
the worst outcomes possible. Right. That always happens. And there's so many movies where, even in romantic comedies as well, where there is like the new boyfriend who has done nothing wrong, but we hate him. We hate him. Yeah, We're all cheering against him. And then in the end, they'll be like, oh, yeah, also, I was cheating on you. They always have to throw that in. Yeah, see, like, course. Oh, see, he deserved it. Sometimes they don't even do it. No. But we just know we don't like that guy yeah. because the movie's not following him. Yeah. Why is this person better? Just because we're along for the journey. Yeah. And I think this movie goes so far to show how everyone is willing to do anything for this fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. And he is. And they don't try to make it like, oh, but he's charming in these circumstances. Not really. No. He's terrible throughout and becomes slightly less terrible as things go on or as he sobers up. Right. And in those movies, the enemy deserves the worst, even if they are not doing anything that bad. And this movie, like, if it doubles down on the last part, it triples down on this because yeah. these enemies, and they're not even really enemies, get absolutely annihilated in this movie for not doing much at all. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the O'Doyles, O'Doyles are very fun in that respect. All they did is, I think, um, one dumps pudding on his head. Yes. One hits him with a dodgeball. Yes. And was there another third thing that someone did? They did something, but it's that level. Yeah. And what is the the karmic retribution for someone who dumped pudding on him? Fiery death. Death. The entire family dead. Yeah. And I I love that bit. It's hilarious. But I think that kind of leans into the people who wrong someone in a movie like this are over punished. right? Right. And that's one of those. Let's circle back to Steve Buscemi. Okay. Because... I love a lot of that bit. I love how mundane their conversation mm-hmm. is. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. And just how flat everything yeah. is. And then it cuts. And Yushemi's going to, he's not phoning anything no. in. That guy's a fucking pro. I loved his performance of just kind of sitting and thinking and just sitting with that thought of the apology, crossing his name off the yes. people to kill list. Uh, what was your reaction to that bit? That I liked, and I did feel like it was like a like a parody of um, the like bullied kid in high school getting revenge because I feel like that's a that's a thing that happens in movies about school, and I I just loved that he crosses him off the list, and like he doesn't have full redemption because he doesn't like crumple up the list and throw it away, but he just Billy's safe. And he just gets that his name crossed off. And the amount of nuance that Buscemi puts into his, just his facial expressions. Oh, man. He's not saying anything before he lays down and starts putting on his lipstick. Yeah. I, I that man, that guy is, he's a talented he's guy. He's very talented. I love Steve Buscemi. He's so good. And he does such a, like a variety, but he always, of course, gets cast as some sort of creep because yeah. of how he looks, which, yeah. which sucks. I like that he wasn't, Adam Sandlering it in this movie. Oh, no. Well, I guess in like Big Daddy, he kind of goes big. He's in a lot of Sandler movies. Is he? Yeah. They must be They're friends. buddies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I like Steve Buscemi. I've seen him in a few things and always enjoy his performances. And yeah, he's like totally a like full body actor. And that scene, 
has no business being that good. Mm-mm. Like how it's shot, the music, the it's ELO, I think, uh, behind it. It looks like it's from a different movie. It really know, like does. a better movie. It looks fantastic. It's such a good scene. But then it uh, it kind of plays into this whole thing too, because he gave kind of one little nugget of basic human decency. Yeah, uh, this entire Billy Madison movie. Did. He apologizes because he he learned a lesson, so he did learn that one lesson. Yes. And because of that one little thing, our hero Billy Madison does it completely it saves his life yeah right because first he was going to get killed by Buscemi I guess but then uh, (laughs) because he apologized out of nowhere we get a deus ex machina or a Buscemi ex machina (laughs) he comes out of nowhere and just saves the day and shoots Bradley Whitford in the ass and just gives a big thumbs up yeah Makes no sense. But I think you could read that as being like taking that bit about everything good this guy does comes back to him 100 fold and everything bad he does. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Like like so many of those movies. And then I think just the fact that people call him out and point out the ridiculousness of the plot of the movie Mm-hmm. That grounds it pretty firmly in the realm of satire. If if yeah. they're commenting on how ridiculous what is happening is, yeah, usually that's a good sa- sign that they're uh, the movie is commenting on it because they're saying it. Right when he meets Veronica Vaughn the first time, she says something like, "Don't you think it's sad or pathetic that just because of who your dad is, you get to do this and waste everyone's time?" And she's just saying, "Isn't this movie ridiculous?" Yes, and he's like, "Yeah." Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So that's why I think this movie is a little more self-aware than maybe it gets credit for. Yeah, I could see that. That's a good argument for it. And then, of course, the other part is this attractive woman is inexplicably going to fall in love with this uh, terrible idiot, right? Yeah. But this is, I think, kind of satirical, so it takes it further. And now we also have his uh, Juanita, who's kind of his nanny, really, because mm-hmm. he's a child. And the principal also fall in love with him for no reason. Yeah. So in your normal movie, the pretty girl falls in love with him. In this movie, everyone's falling in love with him. Because yeah. why? Because he's Billy Madison. Because yeah. his name is on the movie poster. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of friends for somebody so unlikable. Yeah. And it's baffling. Money. Money. Yeah. I think this movie is such a commentary on other movies that at one point you said something and then Bradley Whitford repeated exactly what you said right after it. Yes. um, Because you said, what, is he going to have a party like this after every grade? And then cut right after it, Bradley Bradley Whitford Whitford says the exact same thing. That was funny because... I wasn't even done saying it, and because Bradley Whitford was saying you're it. You're both commenting on the same yeah. thing. Yeah. This movie is a commentary on it. It is I a think. very big commentary. Yeah, there were moments like that where I was thinking something a few times, and then it happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, same thought, or like someone made a comment that I was thinking, and it was like, huh. <laughs> like really in tune with this movie and it's kind of odd <laughs> you're really in tune with billy madison billy madison knows your mind more than you do yikes wow <laughs> how do you feel about that um not great mm-hmm. uh it makes me question everything maybe you're just a 
13 year old boy from the 90s this whole time i don't think so but maybe <laughs> or maybe this movie may be a little more clever than you originally thought maybe I want to know when the movie starts and you see him just doing his dumb voice and painting a happy face on himself sitting in the pool. Were you like, oh, fuck? Yeah, 100%. I was (laughs) like, oh, man, this is going to be work. (laughs) Like, You bring some movies that are like more work than other than like your Totoro's or anything like that. And I'm just like, yeah, like. You know, we'll have a good conversation. But about you're this. like learning something. You're learning else. something. This, I was like, this is feeling like a slog. This is going to be like hard work for very little payout, I feel like. When did you come around? Because I know you're still not uh, like around on, on liking it, liking it. But when did it turn to like, okay, there's something here? Um, Probably when he started school. Yeah. And that's he was kind funny. of like, Growing up before our eyes. I feel like that's kind of when I started to be like, okay, like I'm, I'm more on board here. I thought at the beginning, like the first half an hour before he goes to school or 45 minutes, I felt like... I think that's like 20 minutes. Or is 15. it? This movie is only like 87 minutes oh, long. Oh, man. It <laughs> felt so much longer. Yeah. Um, when they're like racing the pickles down the restaurant yeah. window and like scooping up dog poo and stuff. And I was just like, this is a boy movie. It's a boy movie. A dumb boy movie. Dumb boy movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to have anything to say about it. Mm -hmm. And I am like upset that I have to watch this. (laughs) But then I came around. I got like sucked into it. And I think the school bits, which is apparently not like three quarters of the way through the movie, (laughs) like I thought, um, I think that they kind of endear you to his trajectory, I guess. First of all, all of the kids are great. They don't seem like actor kids. No. I loved how many of the kids, their reaction to him was just staring at him with their mouths open. Yeah. Because that's what actually would happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Billy has an easier time at the beginning because those kids are about where he is mentally. And that's where he fits in, yeah. right? That's where his friends are all the people he made friends with in grade three. I guess he has those high school friends later on, but, yeah, but they're not like with him as much. Yeah, but he has like a harder time as he gets older. Yeah. Because he's Because not... he never got older. Yeah. Because he never had to grow up. I guess I never even mentioned if there's anything that's calling out the idea that all of these protagonists in these types of movies are children at heart. He spends the movie with children, only relates to children. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty clear what they're going for, I think. But Yeah, absolutely. Should we just talk about some bits we liked? Sure. One of my lines that I quote from this movie most often is I only call... Triscuits, delicious Triscuit crackers. Yes. You have <laughs> quoted that to me many times and I had no idea. But also it doesn't need to be from something. You just no. like, oh yeah, I love del- delicious Triscuit crackers. Yes, yeah. You just have to say the full thing. But I can tell when you're doing like a bit. <laughs> if I had known there would be delicious Triscuit crackers. Yeah. And then the apology. But they are delicious. Uh, well, your story doesn't put the Triscuit crackers in my stomach, does yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I love the the specificity of mm-hmm. that and the just out of nowhere nature of that whole exchange. I like that those two men, Eric and Carl, Carl, 
are like also a little childish or like quite childish, mm-hmm. even though they're supposed to be like the adults in this situation. I think it's funny in those little moments like that and him playing with his mouse on his desk and like just like those little moments where you're like, okay, so not everybody is like an adult adult in this. In fact, I think the movie says most people are idiots. Yeah. Elementary school teachers are probably the exception. Yeah, exactly. The dodgeball game. Oh my God. The dodgeball game. Like children were getting hurt. They did. In the filming of this. Like, yeah, they absolutely oh did. Oh, my and God. There was a, there's so many stories about that. About sometimes I hear the story of the parents who are like, okay, if you need to, just wail on these fucking kids. And sometimes they were very upset about it. But yeah, kids got hurt. For oh, sure. my God. Like <laughs> some of those hits, I was like, as an adult, I'd be really upset if I got hit like that, even if I was being paid to do it. Like that, I can't imagine being like six and... Taking a dodgeball like that. I liked Miss Lippy a lot. Yeah. She, of course, they played like, oh, she's weird and crazy. And that was fun. But I loved when he goes on his rant about like, you find that fucking dog. Yeah. That whole bit. And she sits and kind of considers it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. She listens. Yeah. She's she's great. I really liked her performance. I liked that in the end, in the, uh, the academic decathlon. Yeah. Where... He talks about that story again. She seems so proud. Yeah. And I like how like loving she is to all of those kids. And then uh, when she's smearing paste all over her face. That too. was pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked um, during the dodgeball scene when he comes back inside and he's like, I'm out. Um, and she's like, no, you can just go play in the next game. Like you're not out, out forever. And then she's like, no, this is my special time um you need to leave and that's like such a true to life teacher thing like any spare second you're like soaking in the moments without children running around everywhere i do question her letting grade one students play unsupervised dodgeball but you know what yeah in we the let a yard i was like who is watching these children? Nobody. And also you're giving them projectiles to throw at each other. I feel mm-hmm. like there should be an adult there watching. Remember when he just starts dancing to I'll Tumble for You? Yeah. And he like also seems surprised that music started playing. Yeah. So is that in his head? I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made that he is actually insane. Yeah. Because he does see a penguin, and you don't really, you don't hallucinate from drinking beer. No. So I think he might actually be insane, or he's on drugs, yeah. which is very possible, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a strong argument for being, like, insane. But yeah, the penguin scene was pretty funny. And also, like, mystifying right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it comes in hard with it a really lot does. of weird stuff. Right at the beginning. Yeah. Remember when Chris Farley's driving the bus and how long they linger on his face when he's just muttering and his veins are throbbing and his face is getting redder and redder and he looks like he's about to have a heart attack? Or cry. Yeah, probably both. Probably both. Yeah, that was... uh, There were some like long shots on things like the clown and like the bus driver where you're like, why did that need to be that long? (laughs) I think because then it comes back around into that... The third time funny. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's funny. He got hit by a sandwich. And then you're like, oh, it's funny. He's angry. And then it just keeps going. And then you're like, 
oh, it's funny that his life is a mess and uh, he has no control over things and is on the verge of something terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it, you, then you think, is that funny? I guess it is. looks like he's about to murder somebody. Yeah. And if he doesn't eat those lunches, he's going to snap. Yeah. That's all he can do. That's the, all the control he has yeah. is to eat the lunches. So he takes that. I would also snap if a teacher was loading a bus full of kids who peed their pants onto my bus. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Like, I would not be happy. I would be like, nope, get another bus because that's gross and unsanitary. Remember how that old lady pees her pants so much? Yeah. And she believes in Sasquatch and then thinks that Sasquatch is doing stuff around their their site. That Sasquatch comment was so funny. And how nobody paid attention to it. No. They were just like, okay, and they just move on with their lives. That's I feel true. like that was a great line that got zero reaction in the movie. And I think that's why it's funnier. Mm. If everybody laughs at it, is it that funny? Mm-hmm. I think the lack of reaction is half of the humor of that one. Hmm. Comedy comes from such bizarre and it diverse really places. Yeah, it does. Remember how you're on a podcast talking about the brilliance of the diversity of comedy in Billy Madison. And you're like, yup, I agree. I love when you you. point stuff out like that to me and then laugh. (laughs) But the thing is, if there's someone listening to this who loves Sandler, they're probably furious with me. They're like, you're ruining it. (laughs) Nothing is funny the more you look at it. But I say good comedy, which this has some of, Uh is very funny when you like really look at it like that. I think I can break down... That the clown falling, and that doesn't make it less funny. No, I don't think so. This movie was like dumb funny, but I can see all the points that you're making. But also sometimes smart funny. Smart funny. Yeah, in moments. It had its moments. Then I just have written down uh, Sloppy Joe Lady. That's a bizarre performance. Why is that in there? Exactly. Like, why is she like that? So then you think is... uh, is that human meat? That's where I went because Ew. she is. I didn't go there. Coming from a, a horror movie, mm-hmm. I don't think in this world that that is the case. But I think the performance that she is giving is something that's what you would expect. And then their reaction of "Lady, you're scaring us," and then they all laugh at that. Yeah, bizarre, hilarious. That whole performance, and then just to move on. We don't, yep. we don't see her again. No. Like, well, we do. Well, I mean, no, we do. But I mean, like, we don't have another interaction with her like no, that. No. That we're like. Yeah, that banana peel. We, we're going to circle back to that. Yeah. <laughs> you see the banana peel three times. But Lunch Lady, who gives this, like, crazy over-the-top performance, is never heard from again. <laughs> Can we talk about all the funny things that happen at the various parties? Yeah. Those were some of my favorite bits for just complete nonsense humor. And then you just move on. Yeah. When his one friend is just sitting and spraying that kid with a hose. Yeah. He's like, I don't even know you. Why are you doing this? Stop it, mister. I don't know. what. That's, I think, maybe disturbing. I don't know. But yeah. Bizarre. Also, why didn't that child just run away? That's a good point. Remember the one kid sitting on the sprinkler yeah. and just cackling? And then you see Adam Sandler do it like a couple That's minutes later. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I loved uh, when the principal is kind of getting hit by jet skis and then there's just a cutaway to three ladies laughing at him. Yeah. Who are they? Yeah. Never seen them before and never see them again. 
And then I like how the principal walks into the house with the flippers on. Yeah. yeah. It's like... <laughs> when I was 13, when I watched this, because I didn't see... I don't think I've seen a Sandler movie in theater. So I saw this on home video. I think this did reasonably well in the box office. I think it made twice its budget or something like that. Yeah, but it, it did was... real well in, on home video. Because this was... Mid to late 90s. That was kind oh, of right. the, yeah. the time of the home video. And I definitely rented this more than once huh. as a teenager and then figured out how to record a VHS onto another VHS right. and did that. And then never rented it again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie cost $10 million to make mm-hmm. and made $26.4 million in the box office. So, so. success. Yeah. Very successful. 24 million compared to what Sandler movies make now is crazy. Yeah. I think that Hotel Transylvania made something like $350 million or something. Oh. It's crazy how popular those movies are. And I think a fourth one is coming out now. Of course it is because we don't have new ideas. We don't. But hey, you guys are paying for it. Why don't you spend some of that money on uh, donating to your favorite podcast? Or maybe not your favorite podcast, but one where the people are broke. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> and then another bit at one of the parties was whenever you see Bradley Whitford, he's having a bad time. And there's that three-legged race where he's just pulling that kid along. Uh-huh. And he's berating this child. Or there's one time where a kid just comes up and tugs on his tie or his jacket and goes like, hey, mister. And he's like, beat it, kid, and shoves this child. That was hilarious to me. Yes. Bradley Whitford had uh, some great moments of just like being that person who just doesn't understand children. Like you can tell that he probably doesn't have, like his character doesn't have kids of his own. Or sometimes being that person that people who do work with children wish they could be for just a second. Yeah, exactly. After like the 40th child I've talked to in the last 20 minutes comes and is like pulling on my sleeve. Sometimes I do kind of want to do a beat a kid. Get away from me. And just like go on about your day. But, you know, uh, I can't. (laughs) No, I remember working in daycare and there would be a couple moments in the day where I'm just like, can someone just not be touching me for five seconds? Like, right. <laughs> I just need a minute where nobody is touching me because right now I'm just like crawling with little hands and I hate it. And then you go back to using your customer service voice on babies and uh, pretending everything's fine. What about the musical number? Musical number? Do you forget the elaborate long song that's in this movie? Yeah. You did, uh, when we watched it, you spent a lot of time on your phone as well. <laughs> I feel like you kind of just need to watch the song right now. Okay. All right, we just watched it. So the the song. It was dumb because they brought back the clown. I'm like, I didn't need an explanation on what happened. <laughs> I did. I think that's hilarious um, that these throwaway things come back in bizarre ways. That if you see a clown die... You're not like, oh, I bet he'll come back in song later. True, true. <laughs> and then, do you have any more gum? Yeah. What, what? I don't know. It's like nonsense. No, yeah, yeah. It's just like someone just making up words to a song. But it didn't even rhyme. It was just a, an afterthought. And you don't just like 
sneak something into a song. They're like, they thought, what if at the end he asks for gum? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> Let is, let's make an elaborate musical. And then at the end, him just ask for more gum. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Hilarious. So that, I love that bit. I love the, do you have any more gum? And when I was 13 making videos with my little handy cam, those are the types of things that we would try to do. That's what I loved about Kids in the Hall. That's what I loved about this. These bizarre, absurd things that seemingly come from nowhere, but uh, kind of tap into some sort of comedy Yeah. that you don't know why it's funny sometimes, but to me it is. Yeah. Yeah. I... Um... I like the song. I liked how Veronica, when she's singing, is like very clearly in a dream or like in his imagination. Right. Like, is this whole thing? Yeah. Who knows? And then it seems really real at the end, too. I think it really happened. Yeah. But everything is just as dreamlike, right? If there's, True. If there's penguins, although that part I think is not real. Oh, but then the penguins interact with other people. Yeah. So... Maybe there's a real penguin. Maybe. Man, wild stuff. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> I love that throwaway when Eric throws a phone and you just hear a, oh, and I think she falls. And then later on in the movie, his dad's talking about, oh, and all sorts of things are going on. Um, there's this, plus Eric's secretary, Joyce, is in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> she got hit with the phone and yeah. is in a coma now. Yeah, there's... I do like appreciate some of those check-ins like that where you're like, oh, that, that was a lot more like weighty and important than you realized. I feel like a script person read some of their early stuff and said, you need to set stuff up that's going to pay off later. Yeah. And they said like, we don't follow your rules. Fine. You want us to set stuff up that'll pay off later? It's going to be in the weirdest, most yeah. bizarre way possible. And it's not even going to matter to the plot no. at all. Banana And peel. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce being in a coma. Yeah. And the line of, did you see that guy's balls? Yeah. They were weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's so strange. Why does, yeah. why does Eric have weird balls? Because I, I took it as like, because he's an adult. Oh, oh! I thought there was something actually wrong with his balls. I oh, think there's maybe, but I assumed it was because he didn't have like children's balls. Well, they were high school kids. I feel well, like. maybe I don't know. I I just want to move on because you already said children's balls, <laughs> and I think we shouldn't That's... get any more sound yeah, bites no thanks, no around thanks. that uh, territory. And let's just move on. Yeah. We have to talk about the ending and the academic decathlon. Yes. Hilarious. Hilarious. Bradley Whitford catches fire at one point. Yeah. Uh, that, like, the little things that, like, don't stop the decathlon are yes. hilarious. <laughs> and Billy Madison wins one of them by making a boot just appear in a bucket. Yeah. And then it's the reveal is he cheated. Ha ha. That's funny. But no, no, no. Wait, let's go back. How do you win chemistry by creating a boot? Yeah. That's way more strange than the bit about him stealing, taking a shoe off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that didn't make a lot of sense. What was the assignment? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Like what part of chemistry creates a boot? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, how did he expect to win with a boot? In chemistry. 
And then one of my very, very favorite moments of this whole movie, and probably something that ties into pointing out how over-the-top this movie is and kind of lending to the idea that it's satirical in some way or another, is at the end when he gives his long answer about comparing the Industrial Revolution to that puppy book. Mm -hmm. And you're expecting you have the music you have all of the treatment that you would get from bradley cooper's big dance finale in silver linings playbook which i think is a ridiculous movie as ridiculous as this (laughs) because in that movie which i think was nominated for an oscar several oscars yeah fucking kidding me my god the the climax of that movie depends on uh, he has put money on the Philadelphia Eagles winning and himself winning a dance contest. Go birds. It, good, fuck, fuck <laughs> off with that first. <laughs> hate the Eagles. <laughs> but <laughs> that that's the plot of a movie where we're like, oh, this is a prestige it's drama. It's like a serious prestige drama. Yeah. That is no less silly than an academic decathlon. Yeah. But anyways, he he dances real well in his dance recital, which you can win and put money on. Apparently. Yeah, apparently you can and do that. And that will solve all of your problems and win the movie. Because why? You were a terrible person for most of this movie, yeah. but it's your movie. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm getting on to Silver Take Linings Playbook, which was not good <laughs> unless it was meant to be funny like Billy Madison. But we have all of the music and you're ready for the Yay! But instead, you have that host who is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. I think he's um he's an old Saturday Night Live writer guy. Oh, okay. But he has that long explanation and it ends with a, like the I'm sure I remember it. Inco- nowhere in your rambling, incoherent response. Did you touch on anything close to an answer? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened yeah, to you. Yeah, that was I great. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. Just to take the air out of something that we've come to expect yeah. in these movies, right? And to do it so thoroughly and brutally is maybe my favorite part of this movie. I loved the announcer and that he called them on their like bullshit that yes. was happening <laughs> throughout the entire decathlon. He was just like, what the hell like, is and going on? The categories were funny too. Yeah. Like uh, dog poop in the human response. Yeah. And he's going, come on, come on, come on. And then all the rest were about his wife. His wife. <laughs> the the lying tramp or whatever it was. Yeah, cheap women or like I married a cheap woman I or married something like. street trash. Yeah, I, I think, think so. It and it was just like clearly this man is going through something, yeah. <laughs> and he is unable to separate himself from it for this event. <laughs> that was something I loved to do when I was writing scripts that were of similar levels of seriousness as uh-huh. Billy Madison. To give a one scene character one thing, but give them that one thing as hard as he possibly yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah. His divorce, he goes as hard as he can. At yeah. That. And then it ends on everybody having a big kiss like you'd expect in any movie. Yeah. But because this movie is an over the top silliness, it also has uh, Steve Buscemi and Juanita getting together, yeah. Norm Macdonald's kissing the sloppy Joe lady. Yeah. And Chris Farley ends up with the penguin who I believe gives him a hand job. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, an interesting way to end this movie. 
it seems like such an appropriate way to end a movie that is full of nonsense, of questioning reality, but in the end, still made me laugh. Yeah. Just like that did. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed the ending of this movie because you're like, oh my God, this is like so ridiculous. And then you get that like payoff at the end. And then it just continues being so, so ridiculous because they all make out at the end. <laughs> it's not just like one big final kiss. Everybody gets a big final kiss. Maybe that's where we should end our episode for today. Okay. So Samantha... Final thoughts on Billy Madison from where you thought it was going to be before watching it, what you thought it was in the first 10 minutes, and uh, <laughs> after our conversation. Um, I think I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I did at the beginning of this podcast, but I still think it was good. It had its moments. Did it make you laugh? It made me laugh, yeah. That's all that it was trying to do. Yeah, and I think it succeeded at that. What about you? It's still funny. It's yeah. still funny to me. The funny bits aren't Sandler doing his like weird baby voice or whatever yeah. it is. That, I honestly, I, I kind of find quite annoying. It and made me like uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not great. No. And he at least does less of that as his career goes on, but I think he has less soul to a lot of what he does as, as his yeah. career goes on. But. I don't like that kind of stuff, but the funny stuff, the absurd stuff, and then some parts which are just actually, I think, very clever writing. That's mm -hmm. in here, too. I don't want to say that this movie is all silliness. I think it is intentionally over the top. And whether you think that that uh, excessiveness is just to create more comedy because look how big everything is perhaps. I mm -hmm. think that's just as valid, but I think it's effective. If you think that that's a satire of all of these other types of shows and movies like that, I think it is, and I think it's more effective in that. Or if you maybe think that this is just a commentary on how rich people can do whatever they want, uh, everything is going to work out for them, and all of their enemies will be punished, even if they didn't really do anything that wrong, I think it works on that level too. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. <laughs> and that's all you can ask for from a movie. Okay, well, we will see you next week when we enter the most wonderful time of the year, Spooktober. Are you ready, Andy? Usually I say Spooktober so then you can do your bit. Oh, I was, I, I was hoping you'd do it. I can't do your thing. Okay. That's your thing. You say So join us next week <laughs> for our first episode of Spooktober. Ooh. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll do all spooky stuff. We haven't quite decided if we're going to do specific themes yet. Maybe it'll be all vampires. Maybe it'll be all zombies. Who knows? You will next week. Next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Ooh. Children's balls. <laughs>